This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humble and Hungry. I'm your friend, Natalie Poucher. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Monday. Today is going to be fun. So the first half of the show is actually going to be a little clip of my new podcast with Ryan Bailey, and it's called What the Kids Are Watching. It's basically a kid recap show. So we watch kid shows and we recap it. If you listen to his show, uh, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, he basically recaps all like reality shows, Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, uh, you name it, he does it. And he's so good at it. He's such a great storyteller. And I, uh, on the other hand, (laughs) am a mom. He doesn't have kids, but I do. And so it's just a fun dynamic. We talk about parenting. And even if you're not a parent, even if you're an aunt or an uncle and, um, or, or choose not to have kids, but like enjoy it. We, it's really fun banter and we have a really good time. So we're going to be playing you a little clip of it. It just launched. So go check it out. Please give it a five star. You don't even have to comment on it. Give it a five star. That's the only way that the show can grow and we can keep doing it. Um, so enjoy this little clip. Wait, how much do how much does Piper dress you up and and your fiance? Um, she doesn't dress us up. She likes to put us wow. to sleep. Her thing right now is lay down and go to sleep. That's amazing. Do you go? Oh, yeah, of course. I'd love to go to sleep. Oh, for sure. Oh, by the way, sometimes I doze off, and I'm like, this is the best <laughs> game ever. But I'm sure we're going to get to the point where dress up is going to happen. I have no problem with anybody putting anything on me. I did high school theater. I'm like, yeah, but whatever. But as a woman and a mom, do, is there like boundaries that you've already set in your head of like, I'll never let her put me in a clown wig. I refuse to be put into a clown wig. No, because I've learned that you you can never spit up because it'll always come back down and hit you right in the face. (laughs) So yeah, no, you can never say never. I mean, you just gotta be, when you're a parent, you gotta be open to it all. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Now let's get to the episode. Uh, I have Riley on and we're talking all things uh, life. So enjoy the show. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Cheers. With your empty drink. We're drinking a little gin and tonic with a little lime. It's my go-to drink right now. How's it going? Good. Yeah? Yeah. You look hot. Thank you. You're welcome. You do, though. You've been looking like... Real good. I was telling everybody All last week. the clothes that you've bought me. I, know, I was telling everybody last week, like, you can't get your man too hot. Remember what my mom said? Because then they'll start getting hit on and then poof, gone. You know what? So I saw um, something on Instagram and it was this girl that was like, my 
my husband's getting too hot. And so I'm, I'm adding butter to all of his, <laughs> to all of his meals. She like packs well, all well his meals played. for work. Well played. So she adds like a shit ton of butter to like all his spaghetti. It's really fun or whatever he was eating. It's really funny. Um, don't do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I add all the butter. I was just going to say, you would know, you would know. Um, okay. Let's just start off with a little story. Um, I told everybody on Instagram, I would, I would tell them the full story here about Piper when she went to her little, uh, that little play place today. It's called oh. Play Loud. Kids Play Loud or whatever. It's like a little bounce house kind of place. And it happened today. Um, but I thought I would just share it and give all the details. So I take Piper to this little thing for two hours. And it's funny when I, when I called you, babe, you were like, is it clean? That was like the first question you asked. <laughs> Cause it's, it's in a sketchy little strip mall. Yeah. And after you asked me that, cause I was like, yeah, no, it seems clean. And then I was like, wait a minute. I haven't seen one person wipe any of the toys down. And at the other places like pump it up and all those, you see people walking around like every 30 minutes, like wiping all of the, the toys down and all that. So it's not clean is what you're saying. So, <laughs> so you lied to me. So, well, I realized that after the fact and, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm good on this place. Probably not going to go there again, but let's, let's give the people the story. Yeah. So the juice, the juice. Um, all right. So we get there and they have this little, like the little slides, right? So the, the kids can climb up, go all the way up and then slide down. There was two little boys playing brothers one's like four or five the other one's like one and a half maybe two and little rambunctious kids okay they're like climbing up the slide and just like being a little a little crazy and so piper goes up and she watches them she goes down a couple times and then she sees that the older boy um let's call him jack okay she sees jack uh, go backwards on the slide and it's like just doing all these crazy things on the slide. So she's like, Oh, I want to try that. So she turns around and she wants to go backwards on the slide and she's like sort of making her way to like, but she hasn't fully committed at this. She point. hasn't fully committed. She's like a little hesitant and cause she's like looking back, looking back and you can tell the boys watching her be hesitant and he goes around, I have it on camera, I put it, post it on Instagram, and he takes her hands off of the side of the railing and basically was like, bye, bitch, <laughs> like pushes her down. And at first, I kind of like was laughing because like, was, I wasn't sure what was happening. And then she completely tumbled down, like rolled, hit her head. And when she landed, she like was scared and then just started bawling. And then obviously, you know, the grabbing of the head and all that. Our poor little girl. Poor little baby. And I went into like, I was like fuming inside. But you know, like when you get so mad as a parent, like you almost want to cry. That's how, I, that's how I felt. I was just so upset. So Jack, we're calling him Jack? Yeah, let's call him Jack. So Jack is the antithesis of a bully on a playground? <laughs> I mean, essentially. Got it. And I was looking at his behavior and he could tell he was just very like rambunctious and he was not so nice to his little brother. 
to the point where like he would make the brother cry because like he was being really, really abusive. But like, I was like, where's the parents? Like, what the hell? They were an Indian, they were Indian kids. And I saw, I, like, I knew who the parent was. It was very, you know, it was obvious. Very apparent. Not to be racist, but it was like was the only there was a bunch Indian of white there. kids. I wouldn't know who the parent is, but yeah, it was like the only Indian mom, and she was on her phone, and she was pretty far away. She wasn't even close. Like, and by the way, wasn't even looking where the kids were. She was looking at the completely opposite direction. So this happens, and I keep looking at her right from afar. Like, I wonder if she's gonna catch my eye, or I wonder if she's gonna look over. Like, and I keep looking at her, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like. So I, I get Piper and I'm like, are you okay? You're good. Okay. You're strong. As long as you're good and you feel fine, like go back up there and go down the slide, go fast and whatever. So she goes back up and now she wants to go slide down a different way. She wants to like put her hands behind her back and just slide like all the way down, kind of like a little worm. Chilling. Yeah. Chilling. And again, she like, it takes her time to like sort of scooch up to get momentum to, to go down. This kid has zero patience, <laughs> apparently, and he goes, grabs her little ankle, and then just like takes her down. She goes flying. And I was like, I fucking had it. Are you kidding me? Like, that's bullshit. So again, looking at the mom, nothing. And she comes down and she's like, again, freaked because like it wasn't on her time. Like they brought her down. And he comes down. And by the way, the first time he came down, I gave him the stink eye. I was like, you're a little fucking turd. And then the second time, I was like, oh, hell no. And I was like, you need to stop touching her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was fucking pissed. Um, And I was like, you need to stop touching her. Keep your hands to yourself. And because I was like fucking angry, you know? And I told Piper, I was like, it's okay to tell him to not touch you. I said, you have my permission. You can say, please don't touch me. And so she goes back up, sure fucking enough, she's up there again, and he wants to push her, but like, and by the way, he's aggressive, he's not like just like, they're not like having fun playing, you know, sometimes kids do that, right? And like, you gotta let them do their thing, right? Sometimes it's like, okay, I'm not gonna get in the way, let them figure it out on their own, and... and Clearly not in this scenario. No, because because he was very aggressive, I mean, he almost broke his little brother's hand. Like I was literally there. And that's when I almost went to the mom because I was like, dude, your other kid's like really crying. So he wants to get aggressive with her again. And then from the top, I see her go, don't touch me, uh-huh. <laughs> which was so cute. And I was like, there you go. That's my girl. I'm glad and then, and I wasn't there because I don't think I would have handled it in the same scenario that little that's what kid, you think that's what you think but no, i think you would have that little kid would have got a good stern talking to more than yeah. don't touch her but how you handled it i think i was it, very nervous too because yeah, i've never seen it but also how you handled it. piper where you were like teaching her i probably would have just been like well handled it yeah and not coached her in that scenario so you did a great job coaching her yeah Because I wanted her to take control. Of course. Because in case I'm not there or I don't see something, and for her to give her the power to do. Yeah. (laughs) But I wanted to give her the power of saying, don't do this. And now she can articulate it, even though she probably doesn't know how to say it. Now it's like, okay, I'm giving you the tools. There you go. Um, Because, you know, we're never, we're not going to always be there 
for our kids when they're at school or on the playground if we're not looking. And look, sometimes things happen. I didn't want to I didn't want to run to the mom and be like, your kid fucking hit my kid, you know, and be like aggressive with it either. That's just not my personality. Um, and she was honestly so far. Had she been right next to me, I'd been like, oh, I think he might have just pushed her down. Like, you know, and normally parents get the cue and they're like, don't do that. Right. So, uh, but I think the way that, that it was handled was fine. I, and then after that, he, um, was like running around places and she would like get off the phone, go run over there. If she saw he was doing something bad and then like pretty much separate the two, the two kids and like not really reprimand him, but just like shoo him off kind of thing. And then towards the end, she was pretty much dragging his ass out of there. And I feel like he probably has some behavioral issues and she's probably fed up. And for her, it's probably, by the way, I'm totally making this up. I have no idea, but I don't have boys, but I'm assuming you want to just get all the energy out and go into places like this. It's like, let me just sit here while you go play and just get all the energy out. There was some highs and some lows in today's. Yes. Bounce house type. Yeah. Scenario, whatever yeah. it's called. What is yeah. it called again? I think it's like kids play loud or something like that. Yeah. So at least there was the low. But I'd never seen anyone get aggressive was, with her like that. But it was good that she now, and she's proud of standing up on her own too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> someone she told was me like, tonight. Someone's like, do you think it's karma for everything that she's done at, at the daycare? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. Touche, whoever said that. It was because, I, by the way, on Instagram, I had just posted yeah. that. So it was funny that literally right after that, she's the one getting hit. And I'm like, hey. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what comes Karma's around goes around, you know? Yes. You mean what goes around comes around? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I think it's giving grace to other parents, but, you know still taking charge and managing your own. So that happened today. Probably not as exciting as your day. <laughs> uh, I can't say mine was no? overly exciting. It wasn't? Okay. No. I mean, there was some good conversations, good leadership moments. Uh, you know, it's still an interesting time. We're, I think uh, the COVID era is over. Mm-hmm. But there's the now post. the aftermath yeah. of behavioral traits that we picked up during two years. And it's like, how did we pick up so many damn traits in just two years of our lifetime? Like what? Like what are some that you would say? Uh, like well, laziness? I think laziness in a leadership kind of way. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, if you're a manager... The last two years, you weren't managing. You were just praying that people showed up and did their work. And everybody on the employee side, I want this and I want this and I don't want to do this. And it was like, okay, whatever. I just, as long as you show up, I'm happy. Right. And you're talking to uniforms, right? In a restaurant or a hotel or, you know, whatever your business is, you slid on letting them kind of just do. Right. Just getting through the, the day. The standards were yeah. We all lowered completely them. Completely lowered. Yeah. yeah. And what we paid for, we lowered. Right. If we did, if you did get to travel last year, where there was at least some parts of the world that were mm -hmm. open, maybe not internationally, but when you went to a hotel and you spent 
$600 on a hotel room, you were lenient and you were still just gracious that somebody was serving you. Yeah. That is not the case this year, but the management mindset still hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. So just really kind of coaching people. And I, and I also can clearly, I, I can say I was a, a little bitch. What right? do you mean? No, I felt like I was a little bitch because I would just do, you saw me, I was working lines. I was doing oh, you every mean, job. You mean you were just, you were like taking it. Like you weren't actually. Yeah, I wasn't leading either because I was just right. thankful that, oh, if you want to show up, oh, you want to go home early? Sure. I'll work for you. Right, right, right. I was I'll just, cover. <laughs> I'll cover, you know, whatever. As long as you I have You're letting people. them get away with, yep. with it. Yeah. So I can say I was also. Part of the problem. Part of the problem. Uh, and then clicked on me that it's a new era. It's mm-hmm. time to go back and not go back. We need to be better than we were previously. We need to take these lessons, grow from them, maybe be more empathetic. But uh, somebody said um, strong empathy mm. the other day. And I was like, I like that. Cause I like that. Empathetic doesn't mean you need to be walked over. Exactly. You have to stand up. You have to understand their situation, but you need to lead them to the next phase in their career if you're the leader right and not just let them get away with not doing their job to 100 percent or thriving in their job you want everybody to thrive you want them to be better than you were when you started yeah so and i also i mean there's something to say or to be said about people changing careers also ooh, so yeah. many people pivoted and were like you know what i fucking hate this i'm gonna go do something else and so i think it's people starting you know, brand new careers or taking that leap of faith. So yeah, there's, I feel like so many different scenarios that happen post COVID. Yeah. And we're, I think we're getting towards the end of the behavioral traits. Yeah. You know, we're learning what did work, what didn't work. And ultimately where we want to go, where we want to go as leaders is personal, but also where we want to take businesses and our society. We do all you, want our society to Do you think we're going to gonna look back and say, like, do you think everything from, from now, from COVID on will have changed? Like, do you think we're going to look back and say, oh, that was pre-COVID and that's post-COVID? Almost like pre-war, post-war. It's almost like a, life will just never be the same. Because I feel like there are certain things that people just will never be the same. I don't know what will never be the same because it was still only two years of our lives. I think we enjoyed the time. We figured it out. We figured out how to thrive in a really, really awful time and shitty time for almost everybody. Mm-hmm. And our social cues and our social norms changed, but we will go back to them. And I think that's where, even if you adapted, say you are now work from home, right? The leaders have to figure out how to lead through that scenario, how to make everybody better in that scenario in the hospitality space we were not as gracious not as we were working for today and not for tomorrow so we were always behind and i think that was most of the world the last couple years shipping everything right supply chain issues every issue that we had that is still we're seeing some of inflation all these things these are kind of aftermaths And I think that it's time to, that we step up. I'm stepping up. I'm asking my leaders to step up. I'm 
encouraging them to step up to be better tomorrow than we were today. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, yes, we can have empathy. We can have Strong graciousness, mm-hmm. but it has to still be with purpose, right? And I think that's where in two years from now, because people, I've heard it in the last month or two, well, we did that last year. Meaning that, what? Like what? Like if they weren't in the right uniform or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. you let me do it last year. Mm. It was COVID last year. Right. Like this don't is, even. Don't even. Apples but, and oranges, baby. But people are still using that. Right. Right. Oh, you didn't write me up for that last year. Oh, I was two hours late. Oh, you didn't say anything last year. Because I was just great. Like, I just was happy that you showed up. Right. But that doesn't mean that you get away with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Now we have staff. Right. For the most part, there's still, you know, lots of holes. We'll always probably have lots of holes compared to before. But I don't think that's, I think COVID will be like, remember that. And then there's those times we had dinner the, earlier this week, right? With uh, the previous director of food and beverage mm-hmm. at Lido House. And that's now living in Hawaii. And we talked about, remember those moments that were cool? They seem so faint. The COVID days. Yeah. And I don't remember most of them because it was like, you didn't, you were still stressed all the time because you didn't know if you had a job or what, but man, those three months that everybody was home, yeah, making cocktails at home, cooking at home, doing, you know, it was a really, if we embraced it, it was a great time. Yeah. Agreed. I can't, I mean, we were lucky because we had Piper. Mm-hmm. So being home was awesome, but I still don't remember it because there was the stress of just trying what is next and how do we get this place back open and how do we get tourism back and how do we, it was all just trying to rush through it. Whereas if you didn't rush through it and you enjoyed it, God bless you. You know, it's like, I can't wait to hear, I can't wait to hear COVID stories of like, oh my gosh, well, when I went through COVID, I started my business or I got pregnant or I get whatever, whatever it was. I feel like everyone has such a different story. For me, I feel like I loved the fact that you were, that, (laughs) that it hit when it hit because you got to spend Piper's basically first year with her, you know, which is kind of amazing. Pretty awesome. And I wasn't alone because <laughs> I would have been alone and jobless, <laughs> you know? And so for me, it was nice being able to have those moments together um, and being able to go visit you at the hotel, even though there was like not one soul there. So like I remember those moments. And granted, it was a, my worst. It was probably what the worst year of my entire life, just like on an emotional level. But in hindsight... It was amazing that you were actually able to be home. And I think that's what I hope that everybody in society goes back to is the bright piece that we got to do what we, because it was a pause. And if you were a workaholic like me, you had to pause. If you were going through the worst year of your life emotionally, you still had some pause. Because if you were just going, then you would have gone into a really dark place because you wouldn't have time to think about it. Right. And kind of reset. I would have pushed it down and just kept on pushing through it and then never got to the root of it. Yeah. Where I think I I really, and now you're thriving. And I think that hopefully this is the conversation that everybody talks about. It's not pre COVID post COVID it's during COVID. These were the great things. 
these were what I was doing during COVID because it was honestly two years out of our lives. Not very long. I mean, you go to high school for four. So yeah, it's not very long in the big picture. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what hopefully everybody just talks about is those positive, cool things. They, oh, I learned this. I did read this book. I did right. watch this documentary right. that I never thought of. Right. Like what was the cool shit that you did during COVID? And not just that, it weirdly, I think, unites us all, right? I mean, literally, the entire world went through it. That's something that, I mean, who, what, what else can we say that the entire world went through? Well, it doesn't feel like the world's too united right now. So maybe they will start thinking <laughs> That's very true. about that. Maybe they'll be like, you know saying, what? We should like we can all, it doesn't matter where you travel. It's have like empathy. Yes, yeah. we can have strong empathy. Say, I'm not a pushover, you other country over there. But... I have empathy for you because you guys struggled too. Yeah. As a but that's system. never going to happen. But it's never going to happen. But <laughs> it's funny that you say. Because you know, politics. We all went through it together. But man, we're, we're it's wa- quick to be forgotten during political thing because you know, politics use every bad thing. How do we make that into benefiting me as mm-hmm. a politician? <laughs> so there's a documentary that we were watching and it's called The Anarchist. It's on, I want to say it's, I think it's on Netflix. Is it Netflix? Yeah. Oh, or HBO. Amazon Prime. Oh, oh. <laughs> we just gave Ooh. all of them. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, we and we only got through the first episode, but it's a very interesting uh, documentary it so far. It is on HBO. It's on HBO. Yeah. It is on HBO, uh, and it's about uh, this group of people who are anarchists, and they live in Acapulco. And we're only in the first episode, but apparently there's a, there's some sort of killing. Someone gets shot, um, but they're leading up to it and talking about why they are part of this community. And anarchist is what you might think is, and they talk about it in the episode clearly setting the stage, but it is not throwing shit trying to get riots going. It's not looting. It's none of that, right? It is trying to th- thrive in a society without a cause, without a government. Right. So, uh, so these people are anti structured government, right? Don't tax me. Don't tell me what I can and cannot do. They think taxing is illegal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like the biggest mafia, that the government is like the biggest mafia. Uh, by the way, we never talked about it. What did you think about that? Because uh, you're kind of an anarchist yourself. <laughs> you always go against the grain. Not that you are one, but in life, you like to sort of push push people's sort of boundaries and be like, well, what if? You like to give yeah. sort of the opposite. Yeah. Not that you even, and it's funny because not that, not that you even believe in some of the things you say, because sometimes you're like, well, what if this? And I'm like, the fuck, do you think that? And you're like, no, I just want to know. (laughs) It's a good conversation. No, I know. I'm just. Because the questions are what, if somebody can answer it in a way that could change your mind, you should be open to it. Yeah. But doesn't mean (laughs) that you have to be an anarchist to do so, you know, but I would, I liked it. To, I've, I mean, I, as much as I don't like politicians because I think they're all corrupt uh, to some extent because they're looking out for their own well-being because it is their livelihood. 
Uh, I think that... Anarchists are extreme. It's like an extreme version. It's also one of those things that a group of people pay a lot of money to to have a guy talk in Acapulco about anti-government. Because they all still need a leader. But they all still need a leader. <laughs> right. so, so then it's like, well, yeah, you're not a government, but you're still taking their money, and then you're and you're an anti-tax person, but yet you're exactly. taking other people's money for. So, I mean, what is it? It's a small, small scale of basically the exact same thing as the right. government. So right. it was just fascinating when you really start looking at it that way. I so the and then the people that are in it that just dropped their were successful. They dropped their lives. They moved down there, and that's they wanted also. Wanted to be free. I mean, you know me. I always want to do that. I always <laughs> want to just drop. I think you're just like a low key hippie. Yeah, you know, just. I want to live. Buffalo soldier. Right. You're just like this just like reggae, that. cool, just be off, live off grid. If life wasn't so slow off grid, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. That's exactly why people do it because they don't want this craziness. I know, but I like the craziness, but I also want to pick and choose when I want the craziness. Then, then you need to be successful enough. And if I have the financial freedom to be able to pick and choose when you want that. So here we are back in the grind. Well, <laughs> looks like uh, 40 years from now, we'll have that when I'm 78 in retirement home. What do you think It'll about... You'll be slow. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be slow. What do you think about uh, about this recession? Ooh. Uh, you think it's coming? It's for sure coming. I mean, by definition, we are in a recession right now because of inflation and what incomes are versus what things cost and the dollar and the monetary values. So by definition, yeah, we're already there. Is it going to be, I think it's, there's going to be an unfortunate battle that's going to happen. And we see it every time there's a recession, except for the last one. I thought the last one in 08, the Great Recession was a great recession. It was massive, and it hurt every single person. But I think it allowed creativity. Except for like that 0.01% yeah. who got really rich during the recession, but yes. Yeah. And some of those people lost a lot of like, yeah. went, you know, because if they were over-leveraged, they also right. lost everything. It could be you could be making $10 million. If you still are over-leveraged, you're over-leveraged, and yeah. you lost everything. Uh, so I think think that one was dramatic enough to have a reset where you could be creative and create a business during that time on the other side of it right so if you made it i mean boise fry company we created it during that because all the restaurants nice restaurants were oh, did you really didn't know yeah because all the nice restaurants were closed and closing so it was like okay what can we create during this time because if we if we wouldn't have gone into recession, we would have had a fine dining restaurant or a hotel or something. Right. But we didn't have that option because banks were not lending. So whatever we were doing had to be all cash. So what could we afford? Well, this was pretty much what we could afford, and it was a Is very it smart the food costs were creative. Well, even during recession, people need to eat. When you're charging four ninety nine for a burger, right? 
$2.99 for a French side of French fries. Yeah, not cheap for a burger fry concept, but if you liked your nicer quality restaurant, right? You that you used to pay $18 for a burger that is no longer there, you can go pay and get the best burger without having to go to McDonald's. Without, yeah. you know, you can get a restaurant quality burger. Right. It was just smaller and cheaper. So, so it was just a really good concept to create during that. But there was a lot of examples of that, right? Places thrived, companies thrived during, there was a lot of startups. There was a lot of mm-hmm. things. Then this one, I think is going to have the opposite effect. I think all the big companies are going to still thrive and they're going to gobble up all the small ones and it's going to be harder and harder for small companies to get ahead. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the unfortunate one because it's, I think it's going to be a blip recession. This one's mm-hmm. the last one lasted years. This one's going to last six months to a year, which is the average lifetime of a recession is one year. So, yeah. uh, so if it's small like that, these companies have so much money that, comparatively to the past yeah that they can just oh i'm facebook i'll buy 20 other companies right now because you guys can't afford to pay your employees cool let's go buy them i know and that's 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 the fucked up part because it's like when you're cash heavy during a recession i mean you can do whatever you want that's the power right there So, so so i think that's what i think of the recession is just I wonder, it'll be interesting to see what pe- where people um, cut costs. Like, what are they going to cut down on? Are they going to stop the subscriptions? Are they going to stop the, you know, the, the gym memberships? Are they going to cut down on certain things? Are people just going to sort of try to write it out? And, and, I mean, is it eating out less, right? Or I think it's just everybody is going to reset on their budget because there was also a lot of free money that helped the... I mean, that's why the inflation and that's why we are here because yep. we have to pay back somehow. Yep. Uh, so with all that free money, some people got to save a lot of money because if you were still working from home and then, you know, and you were still getting some money subsidized, so you might've been even making more or been able to save for the first time in a long time, right? Because you yeah. didn't have to commute or you didn't have to buy clothes or you didn't have to spend money in other pockets, to then be able to spend it this last year, right? Or you still saved. I think that if you saved it, you'll be fine. Like yeah. people might just, if they got into a rhythm with health, they're going to still stay in their health. They'll still spend the money for the healthy thing. For the priorities. But I think priorities yeah. shifted and clothing will probably slow down because clothing slowed down during the pandemic. Uh, and I think those type of things will always take slow little down, dips. Mm-hmm. but I, it'll be interesting if health and wellness slows down, like will McDonald's really thrive? You know, they slowed down a little bit during the recession. Will they thrive? In a maybe re- because maybe people don't want to spend that much money in the pandemic. They s- slow down. Will they thrive? and come back during a recession or will people be like, no, it's not healthy for me. Right. So I would rather go spend a few dollars more here and then cut here. Will Starbucks slow down? Cause people waste too yeah. much money on damn Starbucks. Do you think McDonald's will ever go out of business? Ooh, 
or do you think they'll they'll do a massive rebrand and like pivot because it, I mean obviously it's like a real estate business although they're a franchise so then would they have to make they've all the franchises hit, they've been change? hit a lot a lot in the last two years from trying employees trying to unionize from because they're a franchise people employees of the franchise are the, trying to sue if they weren't treated properly or if they're discriminated against or whatever, they're trying to sue the parent company. And if any even of within, these, even within all the franchisees, Oh yeah, it's crazy. They, oh, wow. it's the labor world just kind of went crazy this last couple of years. So if they end up doing those type of things, you know, Chipotle, I think it was Chipotle closed, uh, one of their stores cause they were trying to, unionize but they didn't have enough employees anyways because they couldn't find staff to come in but then now the staff that they closed are trying to sue them for trying to anti-unionize and it's like it'll never stop everybody's getting and that's one thing that the last recession was great at it was you know to get a job you were thankful the last two years nobody wants to work so then it's like well i want i want more Mm -hmm. It's like you're, you know, doing a job that you probably should not be doing your whole entire life. Like when I worked at a gas station, <laughs> right? That's really an entry level job, right? If I would still be working at a gas station making $12 an hour right now, I would not be able to live either. Yeah. So, so it's just, it's all, uh, will they, won't, will they not? Who knows? They're big enough to prevent it in some sense. But if it's just, if they have to start paying everybody $25 an hour to flip burgers, then they can't survive because then they're going after, if you look at the ones in, go to a McDonald's in Norway, it's $17 for a Big Mac. $17? $17 because they're labor laws. Do people still actually eat it? They, they're, by design, the houses in Oslo are actually... Kitchens are bigger than their uh, living spaces because you cook at home almost all the time. Because it's just too expensive to eat out. Because you cannot afford to eat out. Because just like the cost of living is just too expensive. So I guarantee you any McDonald's in California probably does double the sales as any right. in Norway. That's wild. So wild. Okay, guys, I have talked about this now numerous times, um, but if you're thinking about buying a home and you have no idea where to start, or if you were like me and you had to call around to see a friend of a friend, if you knew anyone that could try to help you get a house, <laughs> um, look no further because now there's a podcast and it's called How to Buy a Home Podcast created um, for first-time home buyers. This lays out exactly what you need to know uh, to figure out if the timing is right and where to start and how to best navigate this crazy marketplace. Um, David Sedoni is an industry expert with years of experience who is devoted to helping first-time home buyers who just don't know where to start. David's How to Buy a Home podcast has helped so many listeners close on houses that they thought were impossible, even as things went bonkers in 2021 and 2022. Um, so if you're thinking about buying a home next month, next year, or in the next five years, David can help you. 
Um, plus, he just released a first-time home buyer starter kit at How to Buy a Home. Dot com. It's an incredible resource full of knowledge uh, that you need to become a home buying expert and it's completely free. So start your path today by going to howtobuyahome.com and make this the last year you rent. You can also find the How to Buy a Home podcast on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Look, it's been a crazy few years and I think we all could use a little bit of therapy, but not just any therapy. Look, how well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's essentially how our brains work. So why don't we treat them the same way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp online therapy. Whether you feel like you are in the having like you know the best time of your life or you're going through something, there's never a wrong time. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And honestly, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash humble. That's betterhelp.com slash humble. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You were just on top five, um, on the top five of Eater for best restaurant. Applause, round of applause. Um, yeah. So yeah. exciting. That was good. That was a good nod. Yeah. You know? Very good nod. It's good. We just have to keep it going, right? Yes. I think that's, we're, we're, will we're you ever the right, be happy? No. I know. Because, <laughs> I it's, like it's, because you're, you're supposed never, to evolve every week. Every I know, day. but you have to also like celebrate the wins and you don't even celebrate the win. Like take a breath and be like, that's fucking awesome. That doesn't mean that you have to like live well, in it and like, let's put it in context though for everybody. I work today for today a lot of times. But a lot of the times in my mind, I'm working for six months from now mm-hmm. or a couple years from now, you know? So when you get a nod like that, it's like, great, but I'm already on Christmas menus. Right. So, so that's <laughs> irrelevant. That was like old it, school. It, yeah. It's like, like old when news. it comes out, it's new news for everybody else. For me, it's like, 
that was literally, it means nothing. I love it because it helps drive business, of course, and it makes me proud of our team. So I acknowledge that with the team. But then the next day, it's... Okay, but if you made it on like the 50 best restaurants in the world, that would be a different story. Come on. Yeah, because you get a party. So you get a party for one night. Oh, you do? Yeah, you go... They, 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 they announce they throw them. you? Yeah, they announce you're invited to the uh, award ceremony in London. Oh, shit. So, yes, if I was on that, then you fly to London, you're there for two or three days, you're hanging out with the other world's best, you're all drinking, having fun, eating, just sharing stories, and then it's straight back to, now how do we stay on the list? <laughs> Is that on your vision board no. why uh because i already put enough pressure on myself and i'm not even on any list so if i was on a, <laughs> <laughs> so if i was on a list you know it's like would, it's like being a michelin star it's like you have to do it every year and and that's when the pressure builds like and that is also a tie when the you know say say Lido House, 10 years from now, gets it. It's because it was a slow, uh, it was the right evolution and I took the right steps to grow it naturally and organically. But if I really wanted to, I could do a restaurant now and get those awards. But then it wasn't slow progress. It wasn't doing the right things for employees as well because you don't give a shit about employees when you're doing that. You're just running grinding grinding if they quit today you have another one tomorrow because you have those stars or those awards that cooks from around the world want to work for you for free mm-hmm. so it's like yeah see you later don't need you and then you just have a new one and you're in the kitchen all day every day and but then physically you, you just, can't keep that up just worn out yeah so then what's the point right So if Lido does it in 10 years, I wouldn't be surprised and I would be happy. Okay. Because it's like everybody's in the kitchen is happy. How do you do it where everybody is happy? Right. Like the culture. That that would be the right move to do it where everybody's miserable. That sounds miserable. Yeah. (laughs) What was it uh, when we had Brian, his, um, like he said, one of his old. uh, Food and beverage directors. Yeah. He was over for dinner and it was just us three and, and Riley was cooking and we were just talking and we were talking, you were talking about, um, retainment, retainment in the workforce, in the workplace. So I had mentioned to you guys that Matthew McConaughey, I was listening to a podcast and Matthew McConaughey, um, was saying how his friends would, um, he had a few friends like this in life that would never take a their next job if it paid less because they felt like they were downgrading, like they were going backwards in life. And that to him was the biggest mistake you could ever do because he thought you're just chasing the dollar and you're not doing what you love. And if you were to have picked the job that you loved paying less, you would have gotten further in 10 years. He goes, and I see them and they're in that same job getting paid X amount, it's not, you know, it's for them, it's, they, they could have probably gotten more had they gone down that path of doing something that they loved. So 
Anyways, we're talking about that. Um, and then you mentioned that you were listening to another podcast and they were talking about um, employee retention, retention and loyalty. Yeah. So what was that? Because I felt like that was very good. I wanted you to share that. So it was three cycles and we're in a new cycle. So first was the industrial revolution. The industrial revolution, our grandparents needed to work to put food on the table, right? So they did work at a company for 60 years. You know, maybe, yeah, my granddad, I think, worked there for like 50 years before he retired mm -hmm. and his role. Mm -hmm. So, so they would, so we are all asking now with the, you know, the great, uh, what did we call just this last couple of years, the great resignation, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's leaving. Everybody's, nobody's loyal anymore. How do you get loyal employees? And then, so, because we're comparing to our grandparents or even our parents, but so then they just fought to f put food on the table. Then there was the data revolution and the data revolution is, uh, our parents, you know, that came in, they, bought houses they had uh they could afford a car they could afford to put maybe the kids through college they had enough to create a really solid foundation for mm -hmm. the next generation but then the next generation especially what we went through in the last couple of years and with instagram and all everything is a social revolution so we're in a social revolution right now and, or that's the idea is mm -hmm. that's what they're calling it. And now being in the social evolution, you don't have to work like our parents or our grandparents because you already have a foundation. Maybe your parents gifted you home left or you had, you, a, you mm -hmm, know, left wealth, you something yeah. or your grandparents had what gave you whatever they little bit they had or whatever the case may be. But you already have a foundation. So working and having a job, it doesn't, you know, there's 40-year-olds living in apartments. Mm -hmm. There's 30-year-olds because they choose to just not have a house. Like I was one of those people, right? So they didn't want the home. They didn't want to have the responsibilities in a sense because then you could just pick up, go, do whatever, when you choose, when you want, and you can train your, change your social scene. You can do mm -hmm. literally, especially a job. Right. I'm a pretty loyal employee because uh, that's just a gift and a flaw, right? Uh, it got me to where I am today, but it's also uh, But imagine a the millions of people, though, that don't even need a regular job because social media is a job. Yeah. Like a whole new industry opened up with the social revolution and... That, I, I wonder though, if that takes away from all of the other jobs that need filling. For sure it does. Right? Especially like, like I wonder if that's TikTok. also why no one, like you can't find people to work because everyone's on social, like on social. Because uh, I mean, how many kids do you know that are literally trying to be a TikTok yeah, artist? Just, I mean, so many influencers, YouTubers, TikTok, gamers. I mean, I feel like, fuck, we're not going to have enough people to, <laughs> to do our, to do regular jobs. 
Like, who's going to do that stuff? Uh, there was a uh, Call of Duty, you know, the video game? Yes. There was something like 2.83 or almost 3 billion hours of that one video game has been played. My that mind. is more hours than humanity has been on this planet. Stop. What? For one for one thing, right? Like we haven't cooked. Like nobody has actually right. cooked that much, right. you know? And we've done because like cooking is an hour here, an hour there, you know, throughout a day. These people have played hours and hours and hours of this one video game. That's wild. Do you know that Paw Patrol makes a billion dollars a year? Paw Patrol, the number one cartoon, a billion dollars a year. No, I did not. Yeah. Like, it's just wild. So, so. how much does Pup make? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, isn't that insane? It's all wild. We just have so many more things, so many more layers. So many, you know, if you have people watching it, it's all about how many clicks you get, in a sense. By the way, there's one thing that went viral. A girl bought her mom a car, okay? Because she was posting, without the mom knowing, photos of the mom's feet on, like, a feet fetish site. And racked up so much money just posting her mom's feet. And, and she blindfolded her or does not maybe not blindfolded her, but she was like, mom, here, come here. I need you to come with me. She's like, here's your new car. And it was like, what? Like it made all that money with just her feet. I mean, can I sell my feet on, it's on, on this foot fetish? <laughs> you know, don't look at my feet. Like they're not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, no, you may not. But <laughs> uh, if I could buy you a new car, no, put Piper through school. No. No? No. I just tell us to save more. <laughs> <laughs> no more Javier's. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple. Just cuts areas. But I think it's a very fascinating time. Yeah. And we need to remember that as leaders, right? You still want them to be around. And hopefully they don't quit the job. They quit the boss, right? But... Y- Strong They're not the boss, the people. You don't leave the job, you leave the... Pe- Wait, I'm sorry. You don't leave the people, you leave the job. What? I think it's the boss. No, it's you don't leave the job, sure. you leave because of the people. It's the people that make you either leave or stay. <laughs> Am I saying that wrong? I think so. I don't think so. I think it's... No, because it's about like the culture like and the people. Yeah, Which like, is the boss. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's you quit your boss. I don't think you quit the boss, but you, yeah. Not the it's, job because you it's the people. left. It could be us. It could be a, it could be a manager. It could be a. Oh, if I'm a chef and I leave to go work not, as another chef at another restaurant, it's because I don't like my boss. Okay. Not everyone's a chef. No, people I know. Have, but it, unless you switched have, careers, it's you went from one job to another in the same no, capacity. What other? So it is the boss. But either way, uh, do you guys see what I have to deal with? 
Yeah, she he's does. Always, <laughs> he's always right. So <laughs> it's uh, an interesting time. Yeah. And I like how we went from Piper's thing to how your day was. And then we just went into this whole diatribe of, of life. This is most of our conversation. This really is just, our conversation. I feel I mean, like you guys just sat with us at dinner. Exactly. <laughs> Although it is much more fun if you guys want to sit with us at dinner. I mean, there's, you know. Speaking of that. Food. <laughs> this is pretty damn good. Speaking of that, we are not doing a summer soiree at Lido House. I think we're going to push it for the fall and do a holiday thing. So we are still getting that together. It's just that the hotel was very, very busy. Um and had events all the time. So we are going to do that, but just push it to the fall where we have, I think Kate Casey and, um, Heather McDonald said she was interested in doing it. Ryan Bailey, um, Jamie from the murderish podcast. So I mean, it sounds fun. It is. Can gonna I be, go? <laughs> you're going to work it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not fun. Anyway. So it's going to be a good time, but we're just pushing it for the fall. Anyhow. Um, I love you. I love you too, baby. Thanks for being here. I want to go watch the Army Hammer documentary. It just came out. It looks wild. Army Hammer, he's actor turned... Um, cannibal. Cannibal. Yeah, if you didn't know, because I didn't know, because I'm really good with names. Yeah, you're, he does not do well with pop culture. Uh, so I'm going to make him go watch that now. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I always love having him on. Uh, all right, guys. Love you all so much. Thank you. Please make sure to rate and review um, this episode and the brand new episode, which is what the kids are watching. Um, and if you haven't signed up for um, Patreon, make sure and do that. We have new shows. I do monthly giveaways. Uh, so make sure and, and sign up for that. So thank you all so much. And I will see you next week. Remember, stay humble and stay hungry. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.